Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Total Information AM on KMOX with Carol Daniel. I'm Tom Ackerman. Pleased to welcome back to the studio as we have a vested interest in this week. It is News Literacy Week at KMOX. We do a lot of that news. This is an annual event designed to give audiences like you the tools you need to be educated consumers. You have a lot of places where you can get your information. You want to know that it's accurate and credible and join us in studio author of Master the Media, How Teaching Media Literacy Can Save Our Plugged-In World, co-host of KMOX's What the Media podcast, Julie Smith. Welcome back to KMOX. Thank you so much for having me. Award-winning podcast. Yes, indeed. It's a great one. So really before we talk about um, news specifically, your area of expertise is media literacy. So let's reset the table, if you will. Um, what is media literacy and why is it so important today? Media literacy is a set of skills that people can use to analyze and evaluate the 11 to 12 hours a day of electronic media messages that we consume. So it's not anti-media. It's not media bashing. We're merely encouraging people to ask questions because if we spend this much time with the media, we should be talking about it more, right? So we encourage people to ask questions. Who's the sender of the message? What's their motive or intent? How is the message designed to get my attention? Who's the target market? Who profits from this? And what information is left out? Just basic questions. We're kind of like, you know, a food critic doesn't hate food, right? They analyze how it's created and who made it and how it's presented. That's what we do with media messages, or try to do at least. We just talked about critical race theory in the last segment, actually last two, three segments. Um, You know, I have this question, too. As consumers, do we need to look at ourselves and say, what am I consuming? Who am I? And what do I did? I come in here with a bias. And am I just listening for something that goes along with what I know? Well, are you human? (laughs) Right. right. (laughs) Then, yes. I am a robot. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're not robots. So, of course, we all have. um, Oh, baggage is such a negative term. But we all have life experiences that we bring to a communication event. And it's different for all of us. So just from our life experiences, Carol and I are going to decipher media messages differently because we bring different experiences to the table. So one of the tough parts, I think, about teaching media literacy or at least trying to promote it is that we really don't want to admit (laughs) that we have our own personal biases. You know, we think that our news source is the right one and everyone else is wrong, et cetera, et cetera. So that's that's kind of a big hurdle is acknowledging that we do have biases. 
I remember that, uh, and I've heard many times that, you know, Facebook is not nice to Republicans. And I would say, I thought that it wasn't nice to Democrats. <laughs> and so so when we talk about media literacy, I, I wonder what, what side of the spectrum people assume it, it falls on. And I imagine probably it, this is a liberal thing. Well, I think that it depends on where you are on the spectrum is, is you just assume that it's the other side. Mm-hmm. Kind of like um, whenever you're watching a football game, you assume that the refs hate your team, right? Um, so, media in some in some cases, the broadcasters. Oh, yeah, oh, definitely. Oh, Joe Buck, we love you. <laughs> <laughs> so it's um, it's important that media literacy be framed and presented as something completely apolitical. We want to analyze every message, no matter who the sender is. No matter who's in the White House, their messages should be analyzed. No matter which cable TV channel, their messages should be analyzed, no matter what. Uh, what uh, where do people get their news and information? You, you break that down. What, what, what's, I it hope de- KMOX is number one, but anyway. <laughs> well, it depends on how you define news, Tom. Okay. I mean, that's changing, and I think that because we have 24 hours worth of information accessible all the time and we are editing like years ago, there were very few or much fewer sources of information and they were pushing information on us. It's kind of the era of what we call pushed news. Now we're in an era of pulled news where we have thousands of options and we can pull options from whatever messages we like. So we're more likely to be insulated in echo chambers because we only consume sources of news that affirm our already held beliefs. So that's all happening while I think our idea or our definition of what it means to be informed is fundamentally changing because we're getting so much information now from social media platforms where there's no gatekeepers and there's no editing and anybody can post anything on those without any without much um Oh, what word am I looking for? Without much effect. assessment, yeah, much, or any much, assessment or any, yeah. um, there's no accountability, and so I think that we're kind of this is all happening while we're losing our sense of what it really means to be informed. Because my students can tell you everything about the Kardashians, but nothing about the Supreme Court. It's mm. it's very different. It's very different. That's and very sad. Uh, but at the same time, Julie, I, I'm speaking for the for the masses, the huddled masses yearning to be free <laughs> that uh, that. But my point of view is important and I am informed, say, say the masses. And I you know, people always ask me when I do workshops, Julie, where should I get my news? And I say it doesn't matter as long as you know where it's coming from. You know, when I. When I pick up The Atlantic, I know that it's a left-leaning magazine. When I pick up The National Review, I know that it leans to the right. You want to be aware of the sources of where you're getting your information. And so that's why there's a real movement in the news industry towards transparency, you know, where where news people will say, here's where I come, you know, here are the life experiences I bring to this, Mm -hmm. and here's why I'm presenting it in this way. And that can actually, research is showing that that can actually lead to increased trust that people have with media outlets. Because, you know, as you know, like trust in the traditional, quote unquote, mainstream media is at an all time low right now. Can you stay through the break and come back for a second segment? Of course. She we'll brought snacks. That. She's not going anywhere. <laughs> That's exactly why we're taking a break. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, we're going to take care of some business. We'll be right back with Julie Smith. It's 948. Julie Smith is with us. Webster University, What the Media podcast, author. Great to have her with Carol Daniel and me, Tom Ackerman, 952. A little bit more here on Total Information AM. 
When did it start? Maybe because I was younger and I just didn't notice it as much, but I always thought when I watched the news, I was watching the news. I got the information. I had whoever the anchor was, and off I went to do whatever that was later that day. Now I watch the news and I have to, as you said, know where it's coming from. If I'm watching CNN, I've got this angle. If I'm watching Fox News, I've got this angle. Why is that and when did that start? Um, To change, yeah. Well, I think that that has always been around in one form or another because if even when we were younger and everyone was watching like the NBC, ABC, CBS nightly news, that's 22 minutes of news, right? There were decisions made about what stories to cover and decisions made about what stories not Not to to cover. cover. Mm -hmm. So there has always been uh, a bent, I think. And the point of view, I think, is important because people assume that it's a liberal bias or a conservative bias. And really, it's a commercial bias. Because if I own a cable TV station and I have data that 90% of my viewers are dog people, then I'm going to give them pro-dog stories all day long, even if I have cats at home. Yeah. And I'm going to show a lot of stories about how cats are crazy. And, and eventually, my viewers are going to think that dogs are the only answer, that cats are nuts, and anybody who likes cats are crazy. But I'm giving my viewers what they want. So I think it's important we realize that news is a business. It's not necessarily a public service. And at the end of the day, profit is really, really important. And so you have to cater your messages to make sure that your audience doesn't change the channel. What is your sense of the danger of the lack of trust in the media today? And before you answer that, I will say... I saw a great presentation uh, a few years before the pandemic. This is how long ago it was when talking about fake news, right? And mm-hmm. so the presenter, the the speaker, showed clips of the media as it was at the turn of the century and the media as it was during Jim Crow and the media as it was, um, you know, in the founding of this country, right. you know, and so – she talked about the original fake news and how the media was always biased, but it was biased towards a different group, if you will. So go ahead. And there have always been um, messages that are misleading on purpose. You know, there's, there's a difference between misinformation and disinformation. Misinformation is a mistake. Disinformation is a mistake on purpose. Mm. And that's been around forever. Even John Adams and Thomas Jefferson engaged in that when they were both running for president. So it's not a new phenomenon. The issue now is that we, as just regular people, I'm regular people, you guys have access that I don't, but regular people now can just create anything that looks legitimate, that can fill that vacuum that's caused by the lack of trust in mainstream media. And those images or messages that look legit are filling that void caused by the lack of trust in the mainstream media. And in our social media circles, we tend to communicate with people who think, feel, believe, and vote the way that we do. So we're very rarely exposed to messages that challenge our already held beliefs. You know, I, it's... That was a big sigh, Tom. But, well, it just, <laughs> you okay over there, Tom? It's tough because there's so many... Uh, it just frustrates me to no end that somebody can just post something that looks... Even in just sports... They can post something that looks legitimate with like a new headline and this. Right, it's just right. something they created on their computer where, where we are cranking out stories and we're sitting there 
talking to Told the source. Each other and, I mean, right yeah. here in this newsroom, we have a, a digital content editor that is talking to our news editor who is talking to our news director and making sure that everybody's on the same page before they hit publish. Right. Same thing in sports. If something is published in sports, it goes through us as a department. We vet it. We make sure that it's sourced and and make sure that it's verified. But Joe Schmo in his basement can create something that looks like it was created from KMOX, and he can push it out at the speed of light, and it can go viral before you guys even have a chance to respond to it. When my husband tells me something or sends me sends me something, I ask him, "Who who is this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I do. I ask him that all the time. I'm they, like, would you please get off YouTube? And one of the issues, too, is that, you know, one of the media literacy questions is, who's the sender of the message? Well, there's usually, in some cases two senders. There's the person who shared it with you or person who sent it to you and the actual creator of that message. Because, you know, a lot of times people share memes or false information. They might share that with you, but you don't know who created that. Mm. And I think that, that that's what gives you all credibility is that you put your names on stories, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people that create these in their basement don't necessarily do that. So you're going to come back every day this week. It's News Literacy Week. It's a party. Are you bringing snacks every day? You betcha. All right. I love you so much. (laughs) Julie Smith, uh, tomorrow, the pros and cons of news and information we get from social media and the growth. First of all, what is pink slime and why is it growing? You're going to talk about that tomorrow. It's going to be exciting. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.